0: Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep exploring, building and getting to Gnosis. In this episode, we'll be diving into everything related to staking with Pablo, the co-founder of Diva Staking. And in a nutshell, Diva Staking is an Ethereum liquid staking protocol powered by distributed validator technology. Welcome to Get to Gnosis, Pablo. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, thank you for, for being here. I'd love it if you could give our listeners an intro into your story in terms of blockchain and also in terms of Diva.
1: Yeah, so basically I've been in blockchain in and out since the Bitcoin times and always fascinated by what Ethereum was doing differently. So for me, it's... Yeah, it's been really fascinating to think about this chain, which has the ability to execute arbitrary logic and basically that's so versatile and extensible. but I hadn't been a builder until recently when we started working on Diva, so when I was looking into staking, I was working with some friends, trying to figure out what to do with some funds, ETH, and different tokens, we were looking into staking, and I was surprised at how difficult it was to set up a validator so yeah i was looking into okay i want to try this i want to play with the key management okay i need 32 es so there was it felt like there were all these barriers to entry and i at the time i had two friends which were working on dbt prototype so yeah by looking at that at the technology and the ability to split and cut and slice how a validator works i started exploring the idea of hey maybe maybe this technology could power Something that makes, that makes running a Validator way more accessible. And that's a bit how I got started. So I've been building on the ecosystem for about a year. Super excited. Love the community, the technology, the challenges that we're working on. And yeah, I'm happy to share more.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I think everyone's builder stories are so varied. It's always interesting to see how people came into the space, but came into the space as a founder. <laughs> And I was doing my research on Diva. I'd heard about Diva a little bit as a result of being a part of the Gnosis team. But I read this Medium article and one of the quotes I took from there was, Diva does for consensus layer what layer twos did for transactions. And I thought that was quite compelling. And it would be great if you could explain what Diva staking is and essentially how it
1: works. Yeah, I think that's a great... That's a great comparison. I feel like if you look at, if you look at chains like Ethereum, they do one thing, Gnosis as well, and they do one thing and they do it very well, which is basically be very decentralized, provide this security for everybody transacting on it and give you really strong assurances that anything you're going to do on that chain is going to be resilient and, and trustworthy. Now, scalability usually doesn't come in the main chain with layer twos, what we've seen is different approaches with different compromises on scalability versus security and decentralization, et cetera. But what that means is that you can can scale on top of this base layer. So that's (laughs) layer twos, right? And that's Mm -hmm. for transactions. Now for validations, it looks really different. Both Ethereum and Gnosis have really similar designs, which I think it's... It is really great because it simplifies the way to think about it, but basically you're locking capital in Ethereum 32 East, and that capital is the guarantee that you're going to be validating and you're going to be doing it uh, in the best possible way. So the problem with that is 32 East is a minimum amount and that comes from technical reasons. So in Ethereum, if you would have a much smaller amount, you would have too many validators. That would mean that the network would have a very high, very high load to deal with, and it would be technically not feasible. So what solutions like Diva allowed to do is basically they change the rules and instead of requiring 32 E's and running your own node or your own validator, what we do is thanks to splitting the validation key, which is what you need to run an operator. We can give parts of that key to different people. And now you can say, okay, if it's not one person running this validator anymore, but maybe we have 16 people running the same value. We can be, we can do really interesting things. One of the things we can do is instead of asking for 32 ETH from each one, maybe we can split that between people and ask for much less. So in Diva, we're asking for only one ETH per key share, as we call it. And the other things we can do is say, well, if we're not no longer working as an individual, as one entity or one person validating, but as a team, that's really cool because if somebody in the team is offline, maybe we can say, well, maybe the rest of the team can do part of their work and we can make designs that are resilient and that are a little more similar to the design of a blockchain where individual nodes can fail without compromising the network. So yeah, those are a couple examples. Of course, we can go into a lot more details, but in in a nutshell, it, it allows you to make it a lot more accessible. And decentralized, and on the other hand, make it a lot more resilient because you can come up with different configurations of how you handle failure, it's much more versatile than the base layer.
0: The massive benefit is that you, you've lowered this financial barrier to entry for anyone that essentially wants to become an Ethereum staker, because at 32 ETH, it's unaffordable for a lot of people, but by bringing it down to one ETH, more people can secure the network. So, in terms of Diva today, what milestones have you guys on the team achieved so far? And also what's next on the roadmap?
1: Yeah, good question. So recently we released a, we released the Diva operator testnet. and what that is is there's this client that you can install in a machine. It could be a physical machine, could be a VPS. Of course, it's always better to run it in your own home machine for decentralization. but mm. it's this software that you can install and start operating the network. At the moment, it's running on GERLY, which is the GERLY testnet for Ethereum. And we have 75 operators, more than 100 nodes, a little over 100 validators. And that's for a testnet that's less than one month old. So this has been the first release. Basically, there will be a series of releases towards mainnet where we keep adding functionality, adding things like MEV, withdrawals, more resilience, better consensus algorithms, etc. And one thing I'm really excited about is that this month, we are going to be transitioning the testnet, which is today in Gurley, and it's going to be transitioning to Holsky or Ethereum and adding modular support to also start testing no sustain. Uh, so Seattle would be the equivalent uh, network. So this is st- something still in process, but, uh, but yeah, basically the main mess is the network is running, we're slowly adding features and progressing on the way towards, towards mainnet.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations on the launch of the testnet. I think that's a massive milestone. And I know that in the Gnosis community, we're really excited for Diva to come to Gnosis Chain and to Chiado. Because for us, growing our validator set, but also the diversity of our validator set is really important. So we are patiently awaiting. <laughs> and if we touch a little bit on liquid staking. So I know there's a lot of providers like Lido, Rocket Pool. What would you say are the key differentiators for Diva?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So liquid staking means this capital that you put security, in these to ease or the equivalent in in GNOs, usually you have to lock it. And that means there's an opportunity cost because if you're locking this money, these funds, you're not doing other things with them. So liquid staking, whether well, it allows us to give you this receipt so you can, you can use that capital or those funds somewhere else. So today there's just tools like Lido or like Rocket Pool that allows you to do liquid staking. And they're focused on that, right? They, today they have virtually no use of DVT because what they're doing is in the case of Lido, they have a set of about 30 permissioned operators who are running it. These are professional entities running the validation. In the Rocket Pool side, what they have is home stakers, a mix of home and professional stake, who are each of them taking one validator. On the other side, what we have is tools that work on distributed validator technology, like OVO or SSB. But the way they build it is, is more modular. It's more like Lego pieces that you can use to build your own solutions. And what Diva does is the combination of both. Is we do liquid staking, but it's purely powered by distributed validator technology. And what that does is when you tightly integrate the systems, what, what you get is the distributed validation. And the liquid staking work together in a way that's much better than the sum of them so i would say diva is the only solution that has been conceived to fully integrate liquid staking with ebt and the advantage of that is that you get to distribute duties in the network so you're not depending on any individual party and you lower the barrier to entry to make it much more accessible for home stakers.
0: amazing when i first joined Gnosis team, we were figuring out the validator incentive program and just looking into validators on Gnosis chain. And I think that one thing that I realized was how vulnerable to censorship um, Ethereum is in terms of validators, because there's not that many providers offering staking solutions. And it was interesting for us because we defined decentralization by our Nakamoto coefficient. But then calculating the Nakamoto coefficient of Ethereum is actually lower than, lower than I expected. But I assume that with Diva making it to main net, that will greatly increase.
1: In Gnosis, things that are already great, for example, Diva could be like an extension of that or a booster. And those arguments apply for both Ethereum and for Gnosis. So I think what Gnosis did really well is lowering the price of running a single validator. So because it's only one thing, there's so much, yeah, there's a such lower barrier to entry to start validating that really somebody can set up something at home. They can start playing with it. Um, It's not so bad if you make some mistakes. And then if you get comfortable with it, you can start scaling that, right? They can increase and run a hundred validators, a thousand, whatever it is. But I think on the part that you can improve, it's still something that is running on one machine. So what Diva does is it, it adds this extension. I think about it as an extension because it's a smart contract, adding new functionalities on top, but what it does is that it allows you to join a team. Instead of being validating by yourself, you have peers and those are automatically discovered for you by, by the Diva client. So. By connecting to this network, it's a little bit like you're joining a union or a big team where if you have a bad day or if your data provider's off, your connection, your machine burns, whatever, it's fine because you have other people in your team and those other people are going to be picking it up. And to, to, to the network, that's a really positive effect because it means that if a few machines are down or there's censorship in an entire region for whatever reason, the network doesn't see it um, because there's always other notes that are picking up. So I think things are going in the right direction and we're trying to bring that to a new level for those who who choose to use it.
0: This is a really interesting topic to me, but I'm curious to try and understand why it wasn't created earlier by anybody else. Is it technical complexity? Is it timing?
1: Yeah, I think there's a few reasons. So first of all, staking is relatively near. Many people are still getting comfortable with it, trying to understand what happens when I'm offline. And I think a lot of people are maybe too afraid of it because you think of the worst case scenario and you don't realize how infrequent that is. And the reality that staking is much friendlier than most people think. If you're offline for a few days, it's not that terrible. You can just be online for a few extra days, make up for the money you lost. And as long as you're not malicious or, you know, you avoid using majority clients, most of the time, the reality is that you'll, you'll be fine. But on the other hand, there's like, why didn't we have this systems before, these um, distributed validation powered networks that are a little more magic where everything's error correcting. And I think the answer is what you're saying. There's, there's a lot of technical complexity in that. When you're no, no longer validating with one node, but with a network of nodes. Now you have to think, okay, what happens if I have three nodes in different continents? Uh, How does latency affect that? Does it still work with MEV? What happens if they're running different versions of the software? Now it's not an equal one complexity, but it's how many nodes (laughs) are connecting to each other, complexity via peer-to-peer with different versions. So yeah, it's a hard problem and I'm finding it fascinating, hopefully what I'm hoping to see as a result of that is that it's simply a software that you run, that all the complexity is encapsulated for you. And what I meant that I have is a little bit like with BitTurrent. If you remember running BitTorrent r- back in the day, you'd simply turn it on and it would discover everyone and it would start streaming files. I think validation should be like that. It should be something that you install that kind of runs in a magical way. And where all these complexities are abstracted away from you.
0: Yeah. Seamless experience for sure. And hopefully people listening, you've their concerns about staking. I also don't think it's so scary, but it's interesting because a lot of people in Web3 aren't validators, they just stay on the kind of crypto trading side or even just the building side, but not at the validator level.
1: Yeah, I think this I think that Nosy provides a really, a really good middle point between running a testnet validator and running full-blown Ethereum validator. So. Yeah, for anybody listening who is maybe new to staking, I have my DAB node, for example, and it makes it really easy to play with the different networks. But the yeah. great thing about having nodes is that you you have this much lower to battery. So hopefully there'll be more and more options with Diva as well to yeah. start staking from only one ETH, which is like the number that we have in mind. And yeah, make this a lot less, less scary and more accessible to everyone.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one thing that we also do at Gnosis is that we actually have workshops for people interested in becoming a validator, people interested in staking, to learn how to do it. Because we've been working with a number of providers to give people options as to whether they want to run their own hardware node or if they want to run like a software one. So we have a number of solutions. You can check them out on com. That's a quick, quick plug. (laughs) And we try and make it as easy as possible. We're always on hands to Answer questions as well. I wanted to get back into the liquid staking side of things, but in particular the token um, that's mm-hmm. generated by Diva, right. and I'm really curious to understand how the staking rewards work and also liquidity.
1: Yeah, so the the basic way it works is you usually have ETH and your ETH don't grow, right? They're in they're in the execution layer, and they're a unit of payment transaction, whatever you want now if you would put those ETH in a validator that validator and if you run it properly they will grow and let's say they give you five percent a year or something like this of course that changes the network conditions but the problem is for a yourself bridge them you have to run a validator to make sure that they grow and they don't uh, get penalized or whatever so what diva does is it does that for you so all you have to do is go to the website, if you stake through there or like use a smart contract, you deposit ETH and for every ETH you deposit, you get a receipt called DVE ETH. So one ETH, you get one dve back. And that dve is what we call a receipt token. It's a little bit like when you leave your code in a code check and when you want your code back and you can say, hey, here's my receipt, you get the underlying ETH. So that what's different about dve is that Every moment that you're holding it, you're accruing staking rewards. So it would be the same amount of ease that you get if you would stake it in a validator, but the difference is that it's it's operated by a whole network of Diva operators and Diva nodes. So it's no longer a work that you have to do, but the, the network is doing it for you. So the only difference in terms of rewards is that first much smoother because it's not one validator, but the average of all the validators in DIVA, you can expect to have very similar reward. And the second difference is that you pay a small fee for the operators. So the DIVA DAO or token holders don't really charge anything, but you are paying the DIVA operators that's expected to be about 10%. So you do get a slightly smaller net reward, but you also don't have to do any of the work. So mm-hmm. if you're an operator on the other side, you can also generate more rewards because when you're running a node, you not only get the base take rewards, let's say 5%, but you also get extra operator rewards. And that can be quite substantial. So for somebody who wants to run a node and really power the network, they can expect to not make maybe that 5%, but maybe make potentially 10% or 15% return a year on their collateral. So yeah, what this allows you is to really choose how you want to get involved, if you want to just be passive, like a trader, like you were saying, you could simply hold the token or stake yourself, or if you want to be active and power the network, then the APR can be potentially much, much higher. But this is still something that's under development. The final design will depend on what we learn in that phase.
0: Oh, wow. The incentive is there for people that don't necessarily have 32 ETH to set up a, a, a full Ethereum node on Ethereum, but it's also there for individuals that have a ton of ETH that are just looking for a a better return. So it caters to any size wallet.
1: Yeah, actually, we've been looking at what the number is, right? If you look at how many people have between one and 10 ETH, that number is so much higher than people that have 10 ETH or more. There's an enormous amount, but the problem is today there's no option for these people to run nodes on Ethereum. (laughs) So what we're hoping is to give this specialization option to say, Hey, if you're a trader or just an investor, perfect. Here's a network that's very decentralized, very resilient, and that you can use. And because of liquid staking, you can do plenty of things. So you can take that receipt token, put it on Aave, put it on Uniswap, on Balancer, whatever it is, so you can mm. double dip on that yield. Or if you're an operator and you want to run the node from home, mm. you want to have a great performance, put your ease to work now. You have an option where you can make much more than that 5% because you're giving services to the network and the network is going to be paying you for that. So yeah, is this specialization like decouples the original design from Ethereum validators?
0: Wow. Building a a company like Viva. I can't imagine what the challenges are. I'm curious to know, as one of the co-founders, what challenges have you encountered on
1: this journey? That's a great question because a lot of people look at Diva and think, oh, this is like a company or something where a, a small team of people are making it. But the reality is that we chose a very different route. So the way Diva works is a bit of We were a few initial developers or co-founders with this idea, but we said, okay, we don't think we have all the answers and we actually want to decentralize this. As soon as possible. So, we started by decentralizing power first and working on this prototype. So, the way Diva is structured is there is the DAO that was formed by an initial distribution. And that DAO has been given tokens to, to people who have been in, involved with staking, with running nodes. It was distributed to people staking from the Genesis, people staking with Rocket Pool, with Lido community members from Gnosis, from ENS, different DAOs. The goal of that was looking for people who can help kind of curate how the protocol will work in the future. That protocol and that DAO will not have any way of charging fees to, to stakers. It's purely a governance entity. And what we're doing is different contributors are working in different parts of the protocol. So developers are working on an entity called Shamir. And they're focused on building this first implementation of how Diva can work. And they're taking input from this DAO and the community. Me, on the other hand, I'm working on an entity called the Staking Foundation, where what, what I do is I do education, the support to people running nodes, try to like work with the community to align a little bit the values and the initiatives. But yeah, what what we're doing is we're forcing ourselves to be as decentralized as possible from the beginning, because. That helps us progress much faster through the steps of decentralization than maybe companies that start with protocol first and then decentralizing as an afterthought. So yeah, I guess what's interesting about this project is that we're really focused on giving power to the community and making sure that they're the ones designing how things should work.
0: Oh, wow. This is a very different approach to a lot of other projects in the space. I recently spoke to Shapeshift and as you probably know, they were centralized and we spoke about the struggles of DAO life, <laughs> but also how great it is because you really do have community buy-in and everyone's very passionate about the vision. There's not many projects that I've spoken to that have started off as a DAO and been able to ship. So that's also another amazing feat.
1: Yeah. For me, it's been super interesting because I I come from making companies 15 years before this. It's always been very command driven. Like in a company, you choose who you work with, you fundraise, it's it's a different game. But here, because we chose people who are so value driven, who are really on Ethereum from the beginning, who care about the values, and in this sense, we we feel extremely aligned with Gnosis, where... We really stand for very similar values and, and visions of the future. But the great thing about that is that people come to the Discord and they feel part of it. They contribute. They've been like creating packages for node or like, like explorers for the network. They're answering each other's questions because people really want this tool to exist and they really want better ways to stake. So yeah, for me, every day, I, I, I just like feel the excitement. <laughs> I'm happy mm. to be part of that. And yeah, also thinking of ways on how to be just uh, supportive instead of directive has been a really interesting case for me. If you're maybe a first-time node operator or somebody with experience that wants to try what we're building, the Discord is open. It's discord.gg slash diva. We're also on Twitter. The community is really supportive. So even if you're not experienced, feel free to drop by and to ask for help in your first steps of setting up a node. We'd love to learn, share these first case experiences, and also see what might be missing or open to contributions. So yeah, curious if you're hearing this to hear your opinion. I'm happy to have you involved. And yeah, everything's still under development. So it's a perfect moment to get involved.
0: Mm. Well, thank you. And once again, congratulations to the Diva team, to the Diva DAO for the testnet launch. I know that we are really excited about You guys, so include all of the links in the description. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Get to Gnosis. We hope that you've enjoyed our deep dive into DVT and liquid staking with Pablo from Diva. As always, we aim to make complex topics in the Web3 space more accessible to all listeners. And we hope that we've achieved that today. We encourage you to keep exploring the Gnosis ecosystem and all that it has to offer and we look forward to bringing you more exciting content in the future. Don't forget to subscribe to Get to Gnosis and follow us and Diva on social media. All of our links will be in the description. Welcome to Get to Gnosis, a podcast brought to you by the Gnosis Builders team. Get to Gnosis explores Web3 topics in a bite-sized way while showcasing the best of the Gnosis chain ecosystem. I'm your host, Chantel Awomoyi, and I'm excited to bring you the latest insights, expert opinions, and discussions on all things blockchain.